In 2014, Siki University merged with the Central Queensland Institute of TAFE to become Queensland's first comprehensive university. This merger created a new level of education, combining higher education and vocational education to create new training and employment pathways for Central Queenslanders. Five years on and Siki Uni TAFE is still going strong, providing quality training in construction, mining, hospitality, hairdressing and horticulture, just to name a few. The man in charge of running CQUNI's vocational education and training is Pro Vice-Chancellor for Vet Operations and Growth, Peter Halbeth, and he joins us here on The Grapevine. Welcome, Peter. Thanks for having me. Peter, can we start off with um, you telling us a little bit about yourself, how, where you hail from originally and how you found your way into tertiary education? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and this is guaranteed to put people to sleep if they're listening to it <laughs> late at night. Uh, but basically, I um, I grew up in South Africa, in Cape Town, beautiful place. Um, and I left there after having studied at university for a few years and immigrated to Sydney. Um, when in Sydney, I was working part-time um, for a number of different organisations, including the Sydney Opera House, and that's that's another story. But um, uh, I wasn't really enjoying working for a, for a magazine that I was working for in a journalist capacity. And a friend of a friend was a TAFE teacher at the time. And uh, there was an assumption made uh, that because I was working for a computer magazine, I was a computer expert. The, rea- the reality couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> uh, but being a migrant, uh, and when asked would I take this class one night because she couldn't do it, I said, yeah, of course, I'll do it. Um, and I, I basically fell into TAFE in that way. Um, I had um, studied education, but I'd never, I'd never even heard of TAFE and I'd never even heard of um, you know, how it works in Australia before coming here. So I kind of fell into it. But what I quickly discovered was that I absolutely loved the teaching, um, the teaching part of that job. And I grew, I guess, a career from, a, from taking casual positions at TAFE. Until until I eventually managed to land a full time job at TAFE, there were a few other deviations along the way, including working for private training companies and for a couple of other areas. But that's essentially how I got into TAFE. Okay, and uh, a family, uh, you, wife and kids. Yes, yes. So um, I have a wife and children. Um, I've got four children, most of whom are finished school and kind of you know making their way through university or through work, um, and one child who is still at school in year seven, so still a few more years of hard labour there. <laughs> okay. Um, before you came to CQU, you were a TAFE director in New South Wales and Victoria, that's right? Yes, that's correct. And, and during some challenging times in the sector, including how training was opened up to private providers, did those experiences pre- prepare you for the role you're in now with CQUNI? Uh, yes and no. Um when the governments of various persuasions in Australia opened up the um, the TAFE training system to much more competition, effectively um, opening up the whole vet sector uh, to something like at, the, at its heyday four or five thousand private RTOs, um, that was pretty tough because we were going effectively from a monop- monopoly organisation with with obviously there were some private RTOs, uh, but when the government subsidy was opened up to the um, private enterprise, of course what happened was that many of those RTOs um, rushed into the market and um, I think in retrospect government didn't quite have the settings right. 
Um, it's always easy to talk about this in retrospect, but um, that that um, meant that some of the dodgy, I say dodgy brothers and sisters to be inc- inclusive, but the dodgy um, RTOs um, really uh, made things really difficult for us because we couldn't compete with offering a course you know, a diploma course in five days, neither did we want to. And we couldn't compete with offering a diploma course for $100 as opposed to whatever we charged. Uh, so that made the that made um, working in the system and running a TAFE in that in that situation in those early days of the of the um, contestable market, a very difficult and challenging um, uh, job. Um, and um, and so when I and so what happened following that um, is that governments always take a few years to catch up with with what private enterprise does and and we all know what happened in uh, vet fee help for example mm. so when governments the governments of various persuasions and I say governments because TAFE and vet is funded predominantly from the state, not the federal government. Um, when they caught up, obviously they introduced a lot of um, additional compliance and checks and balances into the system, which which is good in a sense in that it has served to reduce the number, of, certainly reduce the dodgy brothers and sister RTOs, uh, but generally reduce the number of competitors overall. Um, the downside of that, of course, is that we deal now with a lot more compliance than than perhaps when I first started working in TAFE. Um, and, you know, while compliance is, is a very valuable approach in terms of quality, um, uh, it has some downsides too when you're actually having to work really, really hard just to kind of enrol people because there's so many checks and balances and systems and processes you have to go through. So, so look, those are some, some of those things are, are common. Um, from CQ to other TAFEs and, and RTOs. Uh, but what is quite different is working at CQ Uni uh, compared to TAFE. Um, obviously, the difference is the higher ed dimension. Mm. Um, and um, the opportunities there are still really um, ones that we've got a lot of opportunity to grow. Pathways, embedded courses, um, selling people the benefit of the, you know, the Cert 1 to the PhD with us, uh, being a one-stop shop for local provision. That's fantastic, and that's nothing that I've ever experienced working for just a TAFE, where you can, can take people, generally speaking, so far, Although, to be fair, some types are moving into the higher ed space now. Um, but then you have to kind of have a partnership with the uni somewhere else. Uh, so, so there's many things that are similar. Uh, regulation, um, the, the, you know, the qualifications people need to teach in TAFE, the, um, the, the courses that we offer, they're similar from, from a TAFE to, say, CQ Uni TAFE. Uh, but the added dimension of working for CQ Uni is, is um, very different for me. And it's great. Mm. Uh, I guess too coming out of the um, the fallout from the private providers is mm. that the reputation of TAFE um, yes. was tarnished. Oh, um, took and, a battering. Yeah, and I guess given that some time has passed since the fallout, um, people should be thinking about coming back to TAFE. I mean, what's it been like for you trying to lift that reputation back up? Um, well, I guess the first thing I would say is that um, reputation is not something that I alone have courage of. It's all of us. It's all of us who work in the sector. It's our teacher colleagues. It's our administrative and, and professional staff colleagues. It's me. It's it's everyone. Um, so um, working at CQU is fabulous because CQU obviously does have a really good reputation. 
Um, I think you're right. I think um, the system, the vocational education training system, took a battering. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you had qualifications being handed out, in some instances, you know, for very little effort, um, that has to have an effect on the overall system. Because some people will say, not all, but many will say, well, I actually don't care that it's, it's a Mickey Mouse qualification. I can get it in five days. That's all I want is a piece of paper. And I have to go over there and do it a year or six months of TAFE. Well, why would I bother? So, you know, that is the problem with, with well, that's one of the many problems with having an un, under-regulated system. Uh, and so um, in terms of uh, reputation, it's taking us a while to move away from that. Um, even you know, even in its heyday, people didn't really understand um, that the qualification they were getting from Peter Helbert's dodgy brother RTO mm. was was um, was not going to be as useful to them as coming to CQ Uni TAFE, for example. Certainly not as uh, good quality. No, exactly right. And look, what what is it that sets us apart? Um, in a very competitive environment, it's the quality of the teaching learning, exactly the same as uni. Mm. Um, and um, one of the things that I always like to remind people is that our TAFE teachers are experts in their field. And um, universally, um, the feedback about the teaching that people get is is really positive. Uh, recently, we looked at some results of people who study here at CQ Uni TAFE and um, go on to get a job, and it was, I think, a 93% um, employment uh, outcome, mm. uh, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, of course, TAFE um, is not called TAFE Technical and Further, further Education for nothing. So <laughs> that employment reality is incredibly important. Yeah. Uh, and more changes. I mean, the changes just continue, don't they, in the sector with um – the, but the Queensland government is getting a lot more behind it now, uh, in- introducing a number of initiatives, inco- including free TAFE uh, for your young yes. school leavers, and um, recently some funding for apprenticeships and traineeships. Yes, these sound like great opportunities for young people. Look, certainly, certainly. So, um, as you mentioned, uh, free TAFE basically means that for Year Twelve students in the f- year following their graduation from high school, uh, they can access a TAFE course for for effectively nothing. Now, there are some costs, obviously. So if you're doing a hospitality course, you might need to buy a uniform or your knives. But nevertheless, that's a fabulous opportunity for young people. Quite recently, in fact, in the last couple of weeks, the Queensland government has extended that to some apprenticeships as well. Um, same deal. You finish school and you you know want to do an apprenticeship the next year, and you don't you won't have to pay fees. Uh, so there are great opportunities like that. Uh, there's there's a myriad of different funding arrangements in VET. In fact, it's one of the things that makes it more complicated than higher ed, for example. And so there's other buckets of, of uh, money too. Uh, one called TAFE Priority Training Pro- Program, which which helps us to lower the cost of fees for students on a range of different courses as well. So, you know, I always say, and to be honest, I'm, I'm a little dull in this, well, in many, many ways, but in this particularly, <laughs> you don't have to agree. But, um, in this particularly, I always say there's never been a better time to study your vocational qualification. And I reckon it's true every time I say it uh, because the job outcomes are really good. There's skill shortages everywhere. Um, you know, people need those basic skills. And when I used to stand in front of um, students graduating as a TAFE CEO, I would always use, not always, actually it was a little dull, um, I would often use a story to say to people, you know, think about it when you 
came here tonight. You might have stopped off to buy some bread. Who is it who made that bread? It's someone who's vocationally trained. What if your car breaks down? Who is it who comes out to rescue you? It's someone who's vocationally trained. Mm. Um, you go home and you're having some renovations done. Who is it who's actually doing that? It's someone who's vocationally trained. You have an accident, God forbid, on the way home. And one of the nurses might be someone who's trained trying to TAFE as well. Yeah. So, you know, you can actually, you can look around the building and go, the light's in here, who built this? Mm. It's the bedrock. TAFE and vocational training is a bedrock of communities, particularly regional communities. And I'm always incredibly passionate about TAFE for that very reason, because it's it's often undervalued mm. um, and it unfairly undervalued as well. Definitely. And You've been in the job for a little while now. Um, so can you tell us a little bit how the TAFE side of the uni is performing? You mentioned that, you know, 93% of mm. people end up in employment. So what what are the um, what's the enrolments like at the, at the moment? Yeah, so um, look, we went through a bit of a down period over the last couple of years. Mm. Um, and one of the reasons that happened is because vocational of TAFE enrolments, if you prefer, um, are more linked to what's happening in industry and the local economy, perhaps, than, say, higher ed enrolments are. Mm. What I mean by that is government actually funds courses or subsidises TAFE courses based on where they believe the job shortages are. So, for example, if there were a shortage of underwater cake makers, you might find the subsidies for that are really quite high because it's used as a mechanism to get people in and, and for providers like ourselves to offer those courses. Whereas if you think about basket weavers, there's a plethora of them. And in fact, there aren't that many jobs for basket weavers. So therefore, the subsidies will be low or non-existent. And you know, for, for that and other reasons, like apprenticeships is another really good reason, another good um, example. Um, uh, which is literally linked to you have to actually have a job before you can do an apprenticeship. Mm. Um, uh, the uh, vocational system is indelibly kind of linked to what's happening in the local economy. And so when there's, for example, a mining downturn um, in the CQ region, uh, that flows on to the fact that not so many people are moving to the, in, to the region. That flows on to construction. That flows on to plumbers, etc. And uh, therefore, the employers small businesses who are um, employing those apprentices, they don't take on apprentices. So you'll find that there's a, almost a direct correlation with enrolments, um, less so in university, but but still I'm sure the case. But in VET, it's, it's really linked. Mm. So you can actually chart what's happened this year in that our enrolments have shot up again, particularly in the traditional trades. And it's directly linked to what's happening in the economy because, you know, Employers can't keep up with the demand. New new mines fixing the fixing the trucks that work on the mines, etc. Mm. Taking on apprentices left, right, and centre. Um, so in the trades, for example, this year alone we've had thirty percent growth compared to last year. Okay. Across the board, with um, TAFE enrolments here at CQU compared to last year, we're probably up between five and ten percent, depending on when you look at the figures. Uh, but a lot of growth in business, a lot of growth. Uh, in in the traditional trades as well. That's fantastic. Really and and the, as you were saying before, the difference between us and those private providers is the quality teachers and the decades of professional industry experience that they give to those students. Um, I guess we need the teachers. You basically, what benefits are there to becoming a TAFE teacher? 
Yeah, we really do need the teachers. And, um, you know, we're challenged at the moment by that industry growth, particularly in the trades, for example, where, um, where when industry grows, um, they are wanting also the same people who are experienced tradespeople to work in that industry. And so that's a challenge for us. Um, look, I was a TAFE teacher for many years. Um, what did uh, you teach? Um, I taught communication skills basically because I trained as a journalist and worked a bit as a journalist and, um, and you know, it was kind of in those days it was anything that no one else really wanted to teach. <laughs> so I, I used to say, I'll do it. Um, and it was before the days of training packages. Um, therefore, you didn't actually have to have the the qualification that you were teaching in, you know, and I saw myself as a kind of generalist. Uh, so... Um, one of the fabulous things, and this I'm sure is consistent across higher ed and for that matter schools as well as TAFE, is that the most, sounds like a cliche, but the most rewarding thing about that job is actually working with students and seeing those students, I guess, use education as a lever into the workforce, into a better life, into more, you know, more, more salary, into a stable opportunity and growing their own skills and career. And that's the thing that I guess keeps me and others coming back to work in a, in a ta- for a TAFE and in the TAFE sector mm. because it, you actually are directly contributing to people's well-being. So one of the things that I sometimes remind people about is you know how uh, when you ask for advice about what sort of job I should get and often the response is get a job doing something that you love because then you'll never be kind of miserable going to work. Or or, or sometimes it's referred to as take your hobby and turn it into a job. Mm. What people don't actually say and probably should, I reckon, is get a job where you're actually making a difference in people's lives because that way you can actually feel really good. Even if you have a bad day, you can feel really good overall about the job that you're doing. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why I'm always proud to say I work at TAFE and, and now at CQ Uni. Uh, because you are literally changing lives um, and you see it in your the students who go out and then you bump into them down the street later on. Same deal, I'm sure, for lecturers in uni, same deal, I'm sure, for many of us who work in the sector. Hmm. Um, there may be people listening who are thinking about a career change or enhancing their current skills but not quite sure of whether to take that next step. What would you say to those listeners? Well... It's probably unsurprising that I would say, you know, it's, it's worked really fab- fabulously for me. I started as a casual TAFE teacher and I've grown a, a brilliant, um, I wouldn't say brilliant career because it sounds like I'm sort of, you know, love myself too much. <laughs> but, uh, you know, had brilliant opportunities um, through, through working in education. Um, and there are very few days when I've regretted that decision. In fact, I can't think of any days now that I... Now that I think about it, um, and uh, I would say give it a crack, particularly people who've got real industry street cred. So what we're doing right at the moment is we're actually acknowledging that to be a TAFE teacher, you have to have industry experience. You've got to have a qualification that you're teaching in. So in other words, I couldn't go and teach basket weaving because I've never done it um, and I've never trained to be a basket <laughs> weaver. Um, and you also have to have the certificate four in training and assessment. Uh, what we're actually saying is even if you don't have that certificate four in training assessment right now, come and talk to us because we'll, we'll support you to 
to do it. Um, we're that keen and that, you know, it's that important that we get people who have come out of industry and who can share that knowledge. Um, so for all those reasons, I'd say it's a, it's a great career and a great opportunity. And you mentioned something earlier about Sydney Opera House. You had some involvement in that? Yes. When I first emigrated to Australia, I was quite young, hard to believe now. Um, and, you know, I just took any job that was going. Uh, so I saw there was an ad to be an usher at the Sydney Opera House, and I thought, that'd be good. Right. But I was appallingly bad at it. Um, I couldn't close the doors. I couldn't work out how to bloody shut the doors. At one stage, I stood in front of the door the whole bloody concert because I was worried that the light was shining through because I couldn't work out how to close it. Um, people would want to be shown to their seats, and I'd take them to the other side and go, oh, no, actually, this isn't the right spot, and they'd have to walk all the way around. Um, and eventually, well, not eventually, quite quickly, um, I started to get fewer and fewer shifts and <laughs> just right up completely. So, um, so that it wasn't exactly a stellar career. Mm. Um, we certainly don't offer um, Usher as a uh, vocational trade here. No, at no, and if you did, I would not be the person to <laughs> to do it. Um, I also took a job at a sandwich, making sandwiches, because I thought, how difficult can it be? And when the lady said, have you had experience? And I said, oh, yeah, lots of experience, because I'd made myself peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> um, and um, it took her half a day to realise that I was no good. Um, shortly after I said, what's in a salad sandwich? She said, go out the back and wash dishes. I went out the back and I, w I broke some plates. And she said, all right, can you make coffee? Oh, yeah, I can make coffee, thinking bloody instant coffee. Um, and I couldn't get the milk, milk to froth either. <laughs> so then at lunchtime, and there was a big bunch of people waiting to be served, she said, I don't think this is working out, and I, I had to agree. Um, and that was the end of my sandwich shop experience. Wow, that's quite a story. Uh, I guess finally, um, Peter, where do you see the future of TAFE training? Where's it going to go, and what role will Sikiani play in that? I think the future of vocational training is really bright. Now, I don't want to be Pollyanna on that. There's lots of challenges. It'd be great if we, you know, there was a bit more subsidies that came in from government. It would be great if we could uh, get all the staff when we need them at the right time. And those, as I said, for those reasons, that's often a challenge. It would be great if, you know, there was money money for jam and we could buy the latest equipment every time there was a change. Uh, but we do okay. You know, we work at that and CQ and is incredibly supportive in that space. Um, I think that uh, the reality of how people are training and learning new skills is changing. And, you know, I don't think I'm alone in this. Um, so where, um, whereas in the past people might have done a certificate three in business, and still, in fact, many still are, I think progressively, you know, with the rise of the internet, with the rise of kind of just-in-time society, with the rise of kind of the fact that you can carry effectively an encyclopedia in your phone now, um, wasn't like that when I was growing up, um, I think the way in which training is delivered um, will and is starting to change. So, so I'll give you an example. I, I, I'll bet many people listening to this didn't realise that uh, most of the students studying here at CQ Uni in the TAFE space are part-time. Something like 80%. Right. Um, and so it's the opposite of higher ed, where most are studying full-time. And the reason for that is because with skills that you're seeking to um, gain, you can actually dip in and out. 
And often people are also using, another reason is people are using um, Siki Uni TAFE uh, as a way back into the workforce or as a way to upskill when they've already got a job. And so for those people, coming and sitting nine to five in a classroom is just not feasible or viable anymore. So the, so the reality of part-time, short, sharp chunks that people want to access, I think that's important. I think the second trend um, is certainly um, the changing nature of, um, of work. So we would probably all agree that communication skills, being able to work with other people, uh, team teamwork, um, written skills, uh, empathy, all of those what often called soft skills are still really important. And I don't think those will ever really change. But actually, the nature of um, work in some industries is changing quite rapidly. Think about our own, I think about our own um, uh, exposure in the higher ed space, for example, to agriculture and, you know, the great works that's going on around um around cattle, um, tracking of cattle and, and whether they're pregnant or not and those sorts of things. Think about agriculture that some of us still think, oh, yeah, agriculture, that's about building fences and digging up fields. Well, it's incredibly high tech these days mm. um, and automated. Uh, think about mining. We're just um, embarking on a, um, a project right now. We had the, uh, the workshop launch this yesterday with BHP or BMA um, locally Alliance, yeah. and, um, and TAFE Queensland and ourselves to develop new qualifications for aut- automation in that industry. Um, so I think the nature of jobs will change and is changing. And I think, you know, um, it. I always um, remember that the cliche where people talk about, do you realize that when you leave school, you'll have probably 20, 15, 20 different jobs in your life? And I think back to my own experience growing up in the 80s and leaving school in the early 80s. And I can remember a career person coming in at the time and saying, you'll probably in 10 years time, you'll probably be doing a job that wasn't invented yet. And I can remember as a high school student going, what a load of rubbish. Sure enough, 10 years later, I found myself in Australia teaching at TAFE and taking on the role of online learning manager. There was no such thing as online when I was at school. No. So it's absolutely true in my experience anyway that don't think that what you do now is going to be what you do, um, you know, even in five or 10 years' time. So I think if we can be adaptable and if we can actually get ahead of that curve sometimes in terms of looking over the horizon about what's coming, I think there's fabulous opportunity think the danger is if we just go, oh, we'll always be delivering this course in exactly the same way and with exactly the same content. Well, that, that, is, that is a danger for training and education providers, I believe. Excellent. All right. Thanks, uh, Peter. It's been great having you on Grapevine. Thank you so much. Like this podcast? Don't forget to rate, review and share with your friends.